Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I almost don't know where to begin. It seems to have been one of those weeks. Um, Not necessarily personal, this is what's going on, this is all noise and and collateral that's going on outside Um, and obviously it it kicked off royally midweek with Dominic Cummings' appearance uh, at the, um, the two select committee uh, hearings because there were actually two mixed into one so that that's going to dominate middle bits of the week but then there's other bits and pieces going on that have just been throwing around every day seems to have been a different catastrophe or a different um, set of uh, of uh, excitement or culture war classes classes clashes so let's let's kick straight in um, and we'll we'll get the bit of guitar out of the way fairly quickly so we can get straight to uh, the first item of business. Monday. So I woke up to find out that we're in local lockdown, or rather we're not in local lockdown, but it, it looks... You know, there's talk of lockdown by stealth, but there's definitely something something happened. Um, the government advice was issued on Friday and then I believe updated over the weekend that offers new advice to eight areas in the country where the Indian variant is proving to be quite uh, prevalent. And one of those areas is Kirtley's. So we've got the likes of, you know, Bolton, Bedford, uh, Blackburn, I think were all the Bs. Uh, Leicester was another one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think what the, the eight actually were. But Kirtley's was amongst the, the eight areas listed. Um, now, Kirtley's is a huge area. We've had this conversation before about the sheer size of Kirtley's in terms of its its geographical area. Uh, it's, you know, half a million people, but it spreads over a, 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 a very big um, big space and the advice was that the people coming out of your homes would have to stop uh, and the, the initial advice was that you couldn't um, stray out of area you shouldn't leave Kirkley's if you're within Kirkley's and I'm, I guess by default that must mean that if you're outside of Kirkley's you can't you can't come in um, it, it, you know that that you have to read that into it obviously the the the, the problem with that is that aligns to that aligns to rolling back the May the 17th lockdown restrictions. Because if you roll back to people not being allowed into homes, still being allowed in gardens but not being allowed into homes, then theoretically you roll back to hospitality not being able to accept uh, anything other than outdoors. So we go back to to beer gardens but 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 all the kind of being able to drink or eat or sit down indoors theoretically should go because that's the point it it rolls us it rolls us back to in the in the lockdown cycle now you know as the days um, gone on there's been a lot of noise about this there's been a lot of because he caught everybody on the hop i mean it, i mean it literally every single one of the councils or the uh, the the authorities of the areas involved was not aware of this there's been no one to one engagement with central government in those areas concerned prior to the advice and then the advice has absolutely been slipped out and then amended so um so there was complete uproar um, this morning when it started to become become evident i think as the day has gone on it's it's, it's looking increasingly likely like the, the that the advice is going to be rolled back 
and that those at least they're traveling in and out of areas has has because obviously with half term next week for a lot of people that that you know that that means cancellations of of holidays and plans and all those kind of those kind of things so um it was it was quite weird to wake up to uh, to that that wasn't what i was expecting today um, to be and in fact you know I, uh, initially when I'd, I'd woken up I was thinking I might be talking a little bit about about the BBC and the the whole culture war that's being played out around the BBC at the moment but no we, we, we seem to be talking about about local lockdown Tuesday I appear to have a doppelganger um it's not quite as sinister as it as it sounds, um, but um, one of my colleagues at the MIA today uh, texted me. He sent me a uh, well, sent me a WhatsApp message just to confirm that an email I'd sent to him was legitimate because I'd asked him to um, to set up some bank payments um, and make an immediate payment um, to an, an immediate company based around. Something that vaguely sounded feasible, but in reality, when you examined it a little bit more, wasn't wasn't feasible at all. Um, so obviously, the concern was my email account had been hacked. But actually, as it turned out, it was somebody trying to pass themselves off um, as me. So it was one of these addresses which came up with my name. But when you click on the link and you look at the email address, then it's just a random load of nonsense. So it clearly wasn't wasn't me, and it was somebody impersonating me. But I don't know where it puts you in the scheme of things if you're if you're actually being actively being uh, impersonated. It's the first time it's happened, um, as far as I I'm, I'm aware. I've, I've had a Facebook account hacked with with that whole thing of sending out messages about. In my case, it was knockoff sunglasses, but uh, it could be any number of uh, of things that you you suddenly start to recommend to your network that they click on a link and buy, and that's that's none too unusual. That happens fairly regularly. Um, but to actually have somebody mimic um, my email address—that's uh, a—that's a—that's a first. I mean, fortunately, we you know we we identified it. It's we it's it's been ignored and no action was taken. All those kind of things. But I, I you know again not something I expected to wake up today to find that uh, I'm important enough. Uh, I suppose the next thing will be that somebody will be doing it suggesting that I've got a large inheritance for them and all they really need to do is send me their bank account details and a small uh, administrative payment of £5,000 to allow me to forward £5 million in their direction. So that might be the next that might be the next thing that comes up. But uh, but today's, today's was merely just uh, somebody trying to be me. Wednesday. I think we have to start with the um, the sheer fact that the Dominic Cummings testimony to the select committees today was one of those things where you struggle to take your eyes off it. Um, I, I, I flicked it on fairly early on this morning. I had a meeting scheduled um, at, at 10.30, I think. And the uh, he was already giving evidence, and I'd flicked the BBC website on, and I got the headlines, and I, and it was it was live running on the BBC website, so I flicked it, I flicked it on to start watching, and very quickly it became obvious that I wasn't going to be able to do my ten thirty appointment. Now it was an internal appointment, and um, I uh, the 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 role I do is part time, so I was able to be a bit more flexible about it. So I I sort of pinged a message to say, look, I'm I think I'm going to be late. 
um, you know, uh, I'm, I've, I've started watching this, I'm transfixed, uh, you know, can, can we push the meeting back half an hour? I ended up cancelling this meeting and pushing it into the afternoon. Um, because once you'd, once you'd started to listen and you, you'd put your eyes to what was going on, it was virtually impossible to, to drag them um, away. It, 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 it I mean, it makes it sound like it was voyeuristic. It wasn't, but it was just the way it was delivered and the way the session was was going. I mean, it was salacious and there was gossip and there's clearly lots of, you know, motivations behind what he was saying. But the fact that, um, I mean, look, what did he do today? He took a lot of things that have been reported, a lot of things that we knew, a lot of things about the decision-making process, uh, a lot of things about people that we probably expected as well, but he's laid them out in a very, very convincing timeline. Now, I've had plenty of things to say about Dominic Cummings, and my opinion of the man hasn't changed today. Um, yes, he was he was more contrite today. I get that, but I still don't think he was doing anything other than reshaping the narrative in a way that suited him. So I'm not suddenly becoming a Dominic Cummings convert on the on the back of what was what was said. Um, however, the the narrative that was painted of senior leadership letting people down. And the fact it was just drawn together in this very ordered timeline made it virtually impossible to 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 draw your eyes from or or you know I mean the the line that tens of thousands of people died who needlessly the line about um, a phone call on the in, in whatever point in March thirteenth or fourteenth of March or a message very early on that we that basically said. We, we're going to kill between 100 and 500,000 people. And the realisation that it was already too late, at the point in time when they realised and the modelling was pointing towards what it was pointing towards, that it was already too late to do anything about it, that one of those outcomes was absolutely going to happen because the moment and the chance had already been missed. The point when they realised that the graph was there, but in reality, they, the, 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 the peak in June was never going to be the peak in June. The peak was going to be in April and they were further along the path than they thought. This was genuinely scary stuff. And all today has done realistically has, has made me think that the faster we get to inquiry, the better, because we could have had this conversation last summer and if we'd had the conversation last summer we potentially learned something before September and the real damning part of of his testimony to me was what then subsequently happened in the autumn I remember a press conference that said if we if with a following wind if we pull together that we'll keep the deaths below 20,000 and yet what it sounds like was the modeling was already saying it was going to be in six figures and to be honest the country did do that. It did pull together. It did do the things it was asked of it. And yet, in reality, the outcome of 100,000 plus deaths was always going to be the one we were dealing with. And I don't, I don't know if I, I take the argument that, well, nobody cares. We're being vaccinated now. Nobody cares. This is a horrific number of people who have lost their lives. And if nothing else... 
even if for nothing for no other reason the whole issue around the care homes is worthy of an an inquiry in its own right the whole issue of people sent back into the care system to infect other people and then and then literally to shut the doors and let nature take its course is 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 nothing is it is manslaughter i i don't know how else you look at it i don't know I, I don't I don't know how we get past that point. So, I mean, it's going to take a couple of days for this to really settle in. And obviously, the you know, we, we're going to get the denials and all those kind of things. But I think like it or not, like him or not, and, and I can't say I do. There was a there was a ring of truth to everything that was said today. And as people came along and as various journalists were were active on Twitter. They were pointing towards reports they'd all filed that corroborated the timeline of today, and and if that's not enough to prompt some kind of you know um, increase in the not increase a fast forward to get to some kind of historically accurate um, um, you know sort of timeline, then I, I don't really know what is. <laughs> So this is the bit of the week that kind of, or the bit of the podcast that kind of went wrong, really. It's um, it's Saturday morning. It's about ten past seven. Um, I've just been for a, I've just been for a run. Um, actually, mine's an eight mile run this morning, which I have to say I'm quite proud with my run this morning. I did eight miles this this morning in 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 an hour and ten. Um, and I'm we've I mean, talked about this before. I'm not the world's quickest runner by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it was a relatively consistent run and um, my heart rate was relatively consistent all the way through. So I'm quite pleased with my run. I was out literally just before six. Um, and I've been up since about half past four. And it's been one of those summer mornings where I just woke up and, and just couldn't get back to sleep. Uh, I woke up, I was too hot. Um, I wasn't going to particularly cool down. So I got up, I sat under the paper for a little bit and uh, had a cup of tea and uh, you know just just well just looked out the window for a little while and and then about you know about quarter six thought right I'll start getting ready to go for a go for a run and I've had a really great run it's been a beautiful morning to run and it's been nice because when you run that early you can run on the road because there's very little traffic and it's much easier running on the road than the paths around here which are awful Um, but you're asking yourself why am I talking to you on Saturday morning when it's supposed to be Thursday well um, I was recording the podcast last night, um, and I did the first four sections um, and got to Thursday, and then had to dash out for a football tournament. And um, although the football tournament was going to be something I probably would have talked about as Friday's uh, section, I'm going to put it in Thursday because I've got one thought for Friday which, which I want to I want to dwell on. So um, so we got out. We got out for an under eights football tournament last night, and it. And it was, it's one of two things this week that has felt like um, the world getting a little bit more back to normal. So the first thing was actually on Thursday evening. So let's get this straight. This is Thursday section. I'm now talking about Thursday evening. It's Saturday morning, but I'm going to focus on Friday. Just a quick reminder so you know where you are. So Thursday I went out for a beer uh, in a pub. Um, didn't sit inside, sat out in a beer garden, but it's the first time I've been out for a drink 
in a pub in a long, 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 long time. And I went out with one of the football, one of the other coaches from the under-8s, just under the pretense that we were going to talk about team selection and those kind of things for the tournament, but in reality, just to get out for a couple of hours and have a, have a couple of bottles of beer. Um, and, that was, and, and, and that was really nice. It was really nice to do that. And then obviously we had the tournament, on, uh, which was yesterday, uh, on the Friday. And it was, it was just, it was full of kids. I can't tell you there was any kind of social distancing. I'd be lying to suggest that any of the kind of social distancing measures or what have you were being in place because they weren't. We were outside, obviously. Um, but you'd got a ridiculous quantity of kids, um, you know, on a, on a football pitch. So it was hard to really... Um, say, I mean, if it turns out it was a spreader event, then then it, it's not really that much of a surprise. Though the fact that we we're all outdoors, and I guess the kids have all been at school anyway, and the vast majority of parents now have had at least one vaccination, um, probably bodes relatively well. But it it was, it, I mean, we didn't do very well, but the kids had a great time, um, and. We ended up. I say. I say that we we got to a semi-final and the final, um, but that was a little bit more the generous nature of how they ran the competition, really, because everybody ended up in the semi-final. Um, but they got out, they ran around, and what they did do is they learned an enormous amount through the tournament. If you take the first games where they were quite shell-shocked to but to to point where we got to the end games where it was a the the games were a lot tighter than they absolutely developed, which was which was fantastic. So um, that was all I really wanted to, to to really say. And obviously the other thing is I'm clearly sat outside. I'm sat outside with my chocolate milk. And um, it's I, I do like recording outside. I do like I do like being able to record these sections with the sounds of nature around. So because um, and obviously I'm going to move from here to Fridays, so you're going to get the sounds of nature for Fridays as well. So we'll leave we'll leave Thursday there. Uh, with kind of some elements of, of, of normal life and, and a great end to the football season with the under eights. Um, and, uh, and I'll get on to what I want to talk about with regard to Friday. Friday. You know I'm going to come back to Dominic Cummings. You know I can't let that lie. You know that that's going to be something that's that's got to finish the week off, really. Um, and it it's not just that. And, and you can tell because I'm signing already, so you know this is not going to be one of those uplifting, take you into the bank holiday weekend sessions that um you know is is going to is going to leave you primed and ready to go by the way before i get too deep in i must apologize to the patrons uh to the to the bunch of um of of, of people that very kindly follow and support me on patreon because normally um i use the word normally a lot i don't know if it's a word but i like it anyway normally um you would have got um, you would have got this on Friday evening. Um, but as I didn't get back from the football tournament till gone nine, at which point in time the only thing I was concerned about was a glass of red wine. Um, that's why we didn't actually manage to finish off, off the podcast. So apologies for those people who would have been expecting it last night. Uh, there's nothing wrong. I'm perfectly fine. Um, disaster hasn't befallen um, the short household. It just It just ended up being one of those evenings anyway. So... 
I could have ended the week on a re- I could have ended it on a uplifter. I could have ended it on the fact that um, I was leaving through the Sunday Times rich list, uh, which always depresses me somewhat when you look at um, the, the the array of of um, middle-aged white males that seem to have the world's wealth. Um, <clears throat> but the the fact that Marcus Rashford topped the giving list was quite a was quite a, th- a thing to see now it's not in terms of that it, it works out as a kind of percentage of your income that you you give away in terms of philanthropic acts so uh, and his was 125 percent of an income which is clearly impossible you can't give away more than you earn but it was down to the work he'd done and the, the money he'd, he'd raised along with the money that he he donated so um if you you know if you want to know why Dominic Cummings said it was crazy for Boris Johnson to go up against Marcus Rashford, then that's another one of the reasons because he's genuinely doing the things that he says that he's going to do. It's not he does appear to be standing behind. I'm putting his money where his mouth is, which is great. But I don't want to, you know, I could have I could have finished there, but I, I can't I, I can't get past the comment from Wednesday, and I can't of all the comments from Wednesday, and the, and there was some absolute belters in there. Um, and some things that really should be dominating the news cycle for, for days and weeks to come. The one is was the twofold comment of, of um, it's crackers that somebody like him should have been anywhere close to power, and somewhere like Boris, someone like Boris Johnson was close to being the prime minister. But the thing for me was the point when he said there's something very wrong with the parties in this country if the choice to give the electorate is between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. And it's not that I've not thought that in the past, but to have it said again really reinforces quite starkly how broken the whole system is. Um, What is wrong with a party in Labour um, that would rather have a leader like Corbyn who clearly is never going to win an election but be happy to sit on the sidelines um, away from power, a long way from power, but but with some kind of moral purity about their argument. And what is wrong with a party that will go down the lines of choosing Boris Johnson as, as its leader because they think that the nature of his populism will win an election where winning is just far more important than governing. So, I, I, that's the that's the thing that's of all the things this week. That's the thing that's just stuck in my mind, and the one I'm I'm really struggling to get myself past. So, I'll try and lift the mood, or I'll try and lift my mood by finishing this chocolate nest quick, um, and reminding myself of the wonderful moment in Gavin and Stacey um, when Bryn and Jason are in the kitchen. It's the Christmas special. They're in the kitchen uh, um, in um, wherever it is they live, Billericay or where it is they live. They're in the kitchen and uh, in the middle of the night and they've got up and they're having a milk and they're talking about the fact that if they were awake in the middle of the night at home, they'd have a Nesquik and they go through the flavours of Nesquik they'd have and it's just a wonderful, wonderful moment. with two grown men in a kitchen having a Nesquik conversation. So I'll try not to dwell on Boris and Jeremy and I'll try and just enjoy my Nesquik. Have a great bank holiday weekend. Um, Take care and I'll speak to you next week.
enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.